Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Dr. Ross Green here. Time for another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. I've got my co-host Susie here with me. She's in upstate New York. I'm sitting here in the offices of Lives in the Balance here in Portland, Maine, through the magic of technology. Not only can we communicate with each other live on the air, but you can communicate with us if you want to. The number is 347-994-2981. You just have to press 1 and you'll be you'll be put directly into the queue. Susie, how are you today? Uh very well, thank you and you. I am well. Uh I had a very brief stay in Sweden last week, which is um, why we couldn't do the program last Monday. I flew to Sweden to speak for an hour and ten minutes. But, um, boy, there were a lot of people at uh, the Psychiatry Congress that was there in Linköping, and it was very nice to be in Sweden, if only briefly. Um, But now here we are, back at it again. We don't have too many of these episodes left Um, because there's a few in May that we're not going to be able to do because of my travel schedule either, and then we take the summer off. So if people want to call in, no time like the present, once again, 347-994-2981, and just make sure you press 1. We've got some very um, interesting questions lined up in the mailbag But before we start, anything on your mind today before we start answering questions? Well, I I work in an elementary school, and I was playing a reading game with a group of kindergartners. And a little girl is constantly calling out the answers to the question when it's not her turn. I told her to wait her turn, which was definitely not a plan B approach. And I was mad at myself because I know better than that. Sure enough, it happened the following day. I opted for a plan B conversation. Her concern was that she wouldn't get a turn at the reading game, and my concern was that the other children didn't get their turn to practice reading when she called out the answer. And I asked how we could work it out. And uh, we did. I ended the conversation with a reminder that if our first solution didn't work, we'd go back to the problem and figure out another solution. Um, She needed a gentle reminder not to call out the answer, but our plan B was very successful. Outstanding. It's always easier when it's somebody else's kid, isn't it? Absolutely. I find that myself, um, although we do some pretty, well, we don't do Plan B that frequently in the Green household because we solve them the minute they come up, Um, Mm -hmm. but um, unfortunately mine have been to a lot of talks and um, still have this nagging feeling that I'm techniquing them, 
But one other quick point, you just letting the girl know that she should take her turn was just you reminding her of your expectation, but not necessarily plan A. Plan A would be if you are deciding what the solution is to the problem, and um, but it's good that you guys did plan B on it. We'll have to see if the solution is durable and stands the test of time. Yes. Um, parents who are new to the model and teachers who are new to the model frequently have very large piles of unsolved problems that they have to make their way through, and that's daunting, at least in the beginning. But once you get on top of them, you start solving problems as they come up, and it feels a lot less overwhelming. But it's definitely overwhelming in the beginning, and it's a little bit overwhelming to feel like you'll never be good at this, which almost everybody feels in the beginning. But then, little by little, you do get good at it. You get your plan B, C legs under you, and um, you're off and running. Um, but that's a nice story. I, I don't know if I have any plan Bs this week. Um, my daughter and I are in the midst of uh, touring colleges and thinking about where she wants to apply, and we'll have to do some plan Bs over that um, when the time comes, but nothing big yet. Mostly That's it's her That's exciting. Call. Yeah. It's exciting. I saw more of upstate New York than, um, well, I don't need to see much more of upstate New York for a while now, because I've now uh, traversed many of the Finger Lakes, which is where some of the colleges that it was recommended we look at. That she, uh, So we put some miles on the rental car last week, but um, uh, she saw a few schools that she liked, so that's good. Great. Yep. Um, but I suspect we have some plan Bs in our future about that one. Um, shall we turn our attention to the mailbag? We don't have yes, any callers but... yet. Here we go. This I like this, not I like them all, but um, this one uh, struck me. Hi, my 14-year-old son is diagnosed with ADHD, ODD, and mood disorder. Last year, he found out the password to our PayPal account, allowing him to purchase $450 worth of online video games. We came up with a consequence and thought we were okay. We just found out he did it again. This time, no password involved, but rather my husband accidentally left the account open, so our son realized this and between January 25th and approximately two weeks ago ordered more online games, this time totaling $1,000. I feel nauseous every time I say that. Before we proceed with consequences, I wanted to know if this is considered a lagging skill. Because he is a good boy, and whenever he does what he calls stupid things like this, he doesn't understand why he does it. He's also desperate to lose weight, which he does need to do for his health, yet continues to berate himself when he makes poor food choices. In addition to this, we have two other children who have medical and mental health issues. Seeing as how we handled it last year didn't work, I could really use your help now. Thank you so much. Uh, Susie, you want to take a crack at that or you want me to? Um, I'll try. Um, I do see it as a lagging skill and um, an unsolved problem. I know in our case, um, 
my son was very impulsive and in terms of making purchases um, frequently went over um, or behind our back and um, bought things that he shouldn't have bought. Um, It was very difficult at the time. Um, And... But we did see it as in terms of um, lagging skills and, um, you know, had lots of Plan B conversations with him about that. And I would say that the stealing itself is not the lagging skill. That's, a beha- that's actually not even an unsolved problem, not the way we'd word it anyway. Stealing is a behavior. There are a bunch of lagging skills that could be contributing to that behavior. Perhaps most prominent among them, although this is not the only possibility, but the one that comes to mind is difficulty considering the likely outcomes or consequences of one's action, sometimes known as poor impulse control. And that may apply not only to the Um, PayPal, uh, the video game purchases, but it may also apply to eating things that he knows he shouldn't. Um, But it could also be uh, difficulty appreciating how one's behavior is affecting other people, Um, lack of empathy, difficulty taking another person's perspective. So there's a bunch of lagging skills that could be contributing to the same unsolved problem. We'd have to think about how we wanted to word the unsolved problem because difficulty not stealing isn't ideal because it's a behavior. Difficulty um, not purchasing video games uh, without mom and dad's permission is what comes to mind, although we want to actually try to stay away from not unsolved problems. Um, so we might just go with difficulty purchasing video games um, with mom and dad's permission. Um, that might cover it. That would be the unsolved problem. So like all unsolved problems, there are lagging skills that are contributing to it, but we're not going to be talking with the child most of the time about the lagging skills directly. We're going to be talking with him about the unsolved problems, and we actually have two here difficulty eating foods that um, are good for you might be or or that uh, won't cause you to gain weight might be the unsolved problem on the other one. So we'd want to split those. And um, the only other thing I wanted to say about this is that, and it's not uncommon, this is not the one more thing I wanted to say about it, but I'm reading the email through again, Um, Not uncommon for people who do impulsive things, things that they do without thinking, to think that what they did is stupid, but stupid just means I wish I had applied the knowledge that I have before I did what I did, because I know I have the knowledge, but the knowledge didn't hit me over the head quickly enough to keep me from doing what I did. That's sort of the definition of poor impulse control. Um, If somebody doesn't have the knowledge, then it's probably not impulsive. It's that they didn't have the knowledge and didn't have the knowledge to apply um, before they impulsively did something without thinking. Anyways, um, 
Last time this happened, the parents came up with a consequence, and they thought they were okay. So I guess I could leap on this to say, see, now there's proof that consequences don't work, but sometimes adult-imposed consequences do, quote-unquote, work, so we're not going to jump on this and say, he, see, there you go, uh, the consequences don't work. The, the um, question is, why are we thinking of doing a consequence again? Um, that's my big question. What, what, what? Now, do I think that there's a place for finding a way for the son to make amends uh, for the one thousand four hundred and fifty dollars that he has spent that was not his own money? Yeah, that's. Um, we'd want to have a discussion about that. But if you asked me, do I think that having him make amends for the $1,450 in unauthorized purchases of video games that he made is going to stop him the next time, my answer is, I don't think so. Maybe, but I don't think so. I think that uh, when there's lagging skills involved, and when we have these two unsolved problems, and these are tough ones because apparently he really wants the video games and no one knows better than me how hard it is not to eat things that you really want to eat. Um, I was in a celebratory mood in a restaurant in upstate New York last week and had a brownie. <gasps> a whole brownie? With vanilla ice cream on top. Oh, goodness. That won't happen again for a very long time, but at least I got out of my system probably for the next six to 12 months. But I must say it was a warmed brownie, mm. and the vanilla ice cream was melting on top of it. <laughs> was that poor impulse control? Maybe, but I think I knew exactly what I was doing. These are tough unsolved problems. I'm not sure that an adult-imposed consequence is going to um, keep these things from happening the next time your son has the opportunity to buy unauthorized video games. I think that he needs to be involved in the solution. I think that we need to get as much information as we can from him in the empathy step about what's getting in his way, about what's hard. I think he needs to hear our concerns and the defined adult concerns step. These are many of the things that frequently do not happen when we're doing adult-imposed consequences. All the kid is hearing when we're doing adult-imposed consequences is, here's what you did wrong, and here's the price you're going to pay for it. No concerns, no understanding of what's getting in his way, no understanding of the circumstances in which it happened, no adult's concerns, no the kid participating in the solutions and being a part of that process, no nothing. So, that's the main part of the email that I wanted to respond to. Stealing's not a lagging skill, it's a behavior. There are lagging skills that contribute to that behavior, but the unsolved problem would be worded somewhat differently. And um, I might question the enthusiasm to turn back to adult-imposed consequences. I um, think making amends might be the better way to go. Now, if, if we wanted to add a touch of controversy to this, in the, and by the way, we have two callers now, so that might be the only email we get to today. Callers, we'll get to you in just a moment, although sometimes we have fake callers on the program, not really fake, but people who are calling the number to listen to the program. But you can listen to the program through the Lives in the Balance website. 
but callers, um, we'll get to you in just a moment. I've got to bring this up. Uh, last week in the news, or it might have been the week before, um, there was a 90-something-year-old former bookkeeper at Auschwitz who has now been brought up on charges for what he did um, to many millions of people and was a party to, uh, in the case of many millions of people, um, during that terrible time in human history. And the debate that was raging uh, in the New York Times, um, where people get to write in, was, shouldn't this person be punished, even though he's in his 90s? And um, I felt like I had to write in. So I wrote in sort of my comment, which was, um, I don't know if punishing this person, and I'm perhaps the fact that this individual is now in his 90s, and I, and I by the way, fully understand the desire to punish. This man was a party to one of the absolute worst things that's ever occurred in human history. But what I was debating with myself about was what will punishing him accomplish? And wouldn't it be, wouldn't both the victims and he be better served if he were making amends instead? And then last week, I saw a rather touching story, maybe also in the New York Times, where in court, he and one of the um, victims of the Holocaust, but somebody who lived to tell the tale, were shaking hands. And I was thinking, um, hmm, I wonder. I'm not sure that adult-imposed consequences, while I am sure that it's the first thing many people think of in response to a transgression, and in the case of that most horrible of transgressions, I get it. At this point, is there anything to be gained by that? Or is there more to be gained by making amends? Susie, any thoughts on that? Um, interesting. Um, not really um, about the uh, two mentions of the... Uh, the 90-year-old, but I just, going back to the email, um, mm -hmm. just to make sure that the adults have the right lenses on, that they see their son as having um, lagging skills and unsolved problems, and um, children do well if they can, and to find out, help figure out what's getting in his way. The nice thing about viewing challenging behavior through the prism of lagging skills is that it then gives us a reference point for thinking about interventions. And we always have to ask ourselves, yes, adult-imposed consequences will teach the kid that you don't want him to do what he did and you want him to do something instead. But I'm betting the house. He knows that already. Generally speaking, Behaviorally challenging kids already know what you don't want them to do and already know what you want them to do instead. That's not the issue most of the time. Um, so the nice thing about the 
lenses, I'm glad you brought that up, is that it helps us, it gives us a reference point for is what I'm about to do to my kid or with my kid going to solve the problem and indirectly but simultaneously teach the skill? Or is it simply going to give the kid one more, yet one more reminder of what I want him to do and what I don't want him to do? And if I've been giving him those kinds of reminders for a very long time, I wonder if reminding him what to do and making sure he knows what I don't want him to do is the best play here. Shall we go to our callers? Sure. Let's start with area code 508. Area code 603 will get to you next, but area code 508 has been waiting a little bit longer. Uh, area code 508, how are you today? What's on your mind? Tell us. Um, hi, Dr. Green. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Okay. Um, well, I have been um, really interested in your um, you know, your ideas and your methods for working with kids. And I have a little guy who's 10, and um, he's, he struggles with um, attention deficit and probably, I guess, you know, um, his emotions and um, maintaining himself at school. He's really improved behaviorally a lot at school over the last couple of years. Um, and he's in fifth grade now. It's sort of the end of the year. This year has been a little bit harder than last year. Um, recently, his teacher sent me an email, um, and you know we've been really trying hard to communicate with this teacher, which is great that he's sort of willing to communicate with us. Um, and. And my little guy has done pretty well the last couple months, but I guess last week was a rough week at school. And I'm concerned that the teacher's email, um, I'd like to try to get him to sort of see, like you guys just mentioned, see the child through a different lens. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, can I say, can I sort of read to you part of what the teacher wrote? You can just um, leave out any names. Okay, uh, I will. I'll say um, the little guy or something like that. Um, right. He writes, uh, we had park testing this week, um, and Monday was a very good day. However, Tuesday was a train wreck with whining and attention-seeking behavior. I mentioned the attention-seeking because I would be with the little guy and then another student might need me. And every time I turned to help to help another student, your little guy would cry out. I had other adults around, and they made the same observation. It was constant, and the behavior can be predicted. Wednesday, the same behavior again. Every little thing seemed to be a reason for a meltdown, um, even trying to carry his backpack, which was a little heavy that day. Um, you know, I'm just, I, I kind of feel like he's just telling, the teacher is just sort of telling me he's annoyed. Um I don't know. I just, you know, I'm 
I just don't even know really what to say back to the teacher or, you know, should I have a discussion with my... I, I did try to have a discussion with my son, um, and he didn't seem to know that he was being this way. He just said he thought, well, math was hard, and he was sort of confused by it, so he felt, he kept saying, I'm not sure how to do the next one, or, but um, I, I don't know. I, I just am kind of at a loss of what to do next. Got it. Well, yeah. the um, number one, I'm glad you called in. Number two, thank you. Um, no one wants to get those kinds of emails from school. And number three, since you're not there, it puts you in an interesting position in terms of what do I do? Um, yeah, yeah, I can't be but, bewitched, you know, and go <laughs> and go in and fix it. <laughs> Excellent sound effects. We don't usually get sound effects on this show, but that was good. Um, I think that you want to uh, – it sounds like you've tried to maintain good communication with the teacher. Oh, to tell you the truth, the I'm glad that he feels like he can be so candid. Um, some teachers might stay away from terminology like train wreck. but And, and train wreck actually doesn't trouble me. It's just a little bit more casual, but – I'm, I'm kind of glad yeah. things are at that level of candor. It's the attention-seeking uh, line that more. And but um, there's some glimmers here that um, the, the teacher's also using the term predictable. That's good. Okay. Um, it sounds like the teacher just could use a little bit of help identifying okay. unsolved problems. I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it would be great to replace attention-seeking with lagging skills, but yeah. even more important to replace train wreck with specific unsolved problems and move the teacher from behavior, whining, and a theory about the behavior, attention-seeking, to the problems that are causing that behavior, because that's what really sets the stage for him to engage your child in solving problems together. And so okay. you, you actually may not have quite as ambitious an agenda as some parents do. I'd actually, and here's the good news, luckily it's the same instrument that's going to help you do both. It's the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems. But I don't know that I would go through the front door on lenses. I think I would go through the front door on unsolved problems. And okay. I, th- I think that this teacher may actually, just given the tone of the email, you, you may be okay here if you email the teacher back and say, um, Well, Susie, it's happened again.
but we seem to be back. Yes. Oops, I know. I don't know quite what happened. Uh, no, that's not you. That happens to us every once in a while on this program. I think it's the phone line, to be perfectly honest with mm. you. Um, okay. It just goes on us every once in a while. Fortunately, there's a way to call back in. So let's go back to where we were. I think that if you email the teacher and say, um, I'm very sorry last week was a train wreck, it would be really helpful if um, we could break it down into the specific expectations that my little guy here is having difficulty meeting. It certainly sounds like one of them is difficulty um, waiting his turn for help. Mm -hmm. Um, But it would be really helpful if I knew when that was happening and if there are any other expectations that he's having difficulty meeting that are contributing to his difficulties. I'd be delighted to come and meet with you um, for us to get a handle on this together because I want to get on top of this and will, of course, be delighted to assist in solving these problems. So, and I'm just winging it, but already you're speaking the language of the model. Uh, You didn't mention any behaviors. You're mentioning problems, expectations, solving them together. Um, and gently moving the teacher away from attention-seeking. And then if he's enthusiastic about you coming in, I'd bring blank copies of the ALSIP with you and say, um, can we do this together? Because I really want to get a handle on this, and it sounds like, um, because I I don't want him to have train wrecks. Yeah. What do you think? um, I, I think that's a good idea, and I... You know, I think um, like I I did print out the um, LSAP and I it I tried to write down some unsolved problems like um, crying out in class when having trouble with work. Is that sort of that seemed to be like maybe one of the problems? Um, Just get rid of crying it, out in class because that's the behavior. Okay. And so difficulty when having difficulty okay. in work. And then the only thing I would do is split that. That, By the way, there's an ALSIP guide in the paperwork section on the Lives in the Balance website as well where you'd find the ALSIP. You'll also find the ALSIP guide, and it will assist you in the writing of unsolved problems. So you'd want to split that so that you're saying specifically what assignments he's having difficulty on, and then you'll be good to go. Okay. Okay. But it's actually very interesting. It's an interesting point because him asking for help and having difficulty waiting for it actually probably occurs after he's already having difficulty with specific assignments. So it's not that the difficulty waiting for help unsolved problem doesn't matter. It's just that it probably comes after some other unsolved problems, namely the assignments he's having difficulty completing in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, Between you and the teacher, I think y'all are going to come up with some great unsolved problems, and then you can figure out who's going to talk to your son about them, maybe, maybe together. Okay. Yeah. Let me me see if Susie wants to add. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Before we have Susie, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I, I... 
he's a he's a very smart little boy, and he he really wants to do well in school. Um, and you know, I think that we could you know improve things with better communication. And I you know I uh, when I did talk to my son about it, um, he made a comment like, "I I really want to to do well, and I get so nervous." when the problem gets hard, like, you know, if he can't do it right away. And I think he's, I don't know, I get, I'm sort of guessing he thinks he needs the teacher's help. Um, but I guess you're saying, like, these are the things maybe, uh, you know, Mr. A and I could talk about together and and try and help, like, come up with a plan about that. That's the goal. In terms of, yeah, okay. But you need info. Okay. Um, and uh, if we already know why your son is having difficulty asking for help or difficulty waiting for help, and that's that it's attention-seeking, then we're going to be distracted, and we're going to think we already know, and we're not okay. going to gather the information we need to really help us figure out what's really getting in his way on the things that he's asking for help for. And this is, this is a really important point. This is the downside to adults thinking they already know what's getting in the kid's way. If they think they know what's getting in the kid's way, they don't ever try to find out. And this is why I have so many jaw-dropping moments in the empathy step of Plan B, because it's very typical for adults to find out that what they thought was getting in the kid's way is not what was getting in the kid's way, and yet all of the solutions that the adults came up with were based on what they thought was getting in the kids' way, not what was getting in the kids' way. And we and, adults do right, that all the time. Right, they weren't helping. Yeah, right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Susie, anything to add? I love the idea of a meeting with the teacher um, and a blank copy of the ALSOP um, and that, you know, you're modeling for the teacher uh, a working together relationship, just like the teacher and her son will be working together to figure out some unsolved problems. Um, fifth grade, I remember well, the the work does increase in difficulty, so it's great that you're taking the time now to address these problems um, before you, you know, get further along in your son's um, school year. Yeah, yeah, because next year they actually transition up to the middle school, mm-hmm. and I know they expect more um, independence. And, uh, yeah, so I do worry about that for him. And and he, you know, I, I, I worry a little when the teacher says, I guess that word train wreck, it really hit me hard because um, he has been really pretty good. It, it, for the most part, it seems like it's this sort of whining and and kind of, you know, he is loud about it, I guess, instead of saying, ooh, ooh, oh, can you come here? He'll be like, no, I don't understand this one. So, you know, I we definitely need to work to to improve that, but he... He is actually getting pretty good grades. I can see he's learning um, a lot, and he's not—he isn't really a train wreck. I mean, like, because he—he—he he, 
he's quite smart, and when he does get tested, he does very well. Um, but I guess, you know, when you've got 20 kids in the class, it's difficult when you've got one student who, I don't know, has, blows the horn a lot or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I just wanted to add that, you know, it's not your son's idea of a, of a good time when he's feeling frustrated and doesn't understand the assignment, you know, um, his calling out is just a signal that he's stuck and he's having difficulty. Um, the other thing I wanted yeah. to mention was at the meeting, um, okay. it's if you want to download a copy of Dr. Green's article, Five Ways to Improve School for Behaviorally Challenging Students, it's just a few pages, but um, really lays out the model, you know, quite simply and um, concisely, um, something that is helping you at home that might help him, help the teacher at school. Or I don't know if it's possible to also bring in a copy of the book Lost at School by Dr. Green. Um, I think that that this teacher has has it and and you know i did i did have a meeting uh like in early back in the winter time mm-hmm. um like one of those little half hours sort of lunchtime meetings and i brought that up and and the teacher seemed open to it cuz i think he had maybe even been to one of dr green's um oh that's great um, yeah, so that might be a really good idea because that. It, so I just tried to jot it down quickly. Five ways to improve school for behaviorally challenging students. So mm-hmm. I will search. Yes, for that. it's on the website. Um, I think it's okay. in the what's new section. Yes. Okay. Okay. Great. What's new? Yeah. Anything like this, I think, especially if it's not too overwhelming, because I know like sometimes some a big book, you know, they might be like, oh, I don't have time to do that. I'm, you know, they're staring down the barrel of yes. finishing up the year and tests and grading and everything, but something that is, isn't is too long, maybe that that might do the trick. And then it'll help me to kind of steer the ship in the right direction. Because mm-hmm. um, it's hard as a mom, you know, to keep my own emotions. Of course. Um, you know, because I feel kind of protective, like I see my guy as he really wants to do well. And a few weeks ago he had, you know, last month and a half was really a good month, and I appreciated the teacher because he did let me know that. You know, he did say, send me a nice email saying, oh, hey, you know, it's been a pretty great last couple of weeks, and and I'm really happy to see um, he's happy when he's doing well. Um, so we can sort of connect those dots that he's not trying to be a bad boy <laughs> or be a train wreck. Um, yeah, but so we need to kind of help him get back on that good track. So I really appreciate you guys listening to me. Thank you. We appreciate you calling in. You can call anytime. Let us know how it's going. All right, great. Maybe I'll call you back if I can um, have a meeting and set it up. I'll let you know how things go. Fabulous. Take care. Good luck. Okay, take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You bet. Uh, well, neat, eh? We've unfortunately lost our caller from six area code 603 during the little 
zets out with um, either the phone line or with Blog Talk Radio. We do have, let's see if we can do one more in the, oh, four and a half minutes that we have left. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Hello, I'm reading The Explosive Child in a way to, in an effort to help my nearly nine-year-old daughter and our family live harmoniously. When trying to complete the ALSIP, I was able to find numerous specific unsolved problems over a page worth. It's pretty intense over here. But the biggest issue is that I can expect a blow-up each and every time I have to tell her no, she can't do something. This is not hyperbole. I can expect a response ranging from incessant begging and crying to kicking a hole in the door. I feel there are too many reasons to list each specific uh, reason I have to tell her no. She simply cannot have or do everything she wants whenever she wants. I'll go insane and go bankrupt. So I'm not sure how to narrow it down when it's every time I can't immediately fulfill or allow a request. This would fall into the skill categories, difficulty considering the likely outcomes or consequences of actions, difficulty managing emotional response to frustration so as to think rationally, difficulty taking into account situational factors that would suggest the need to adjust a plan of action, and inflexible, inaccurate interpretations, cognitive distortions. I'm just not sure how to go about doing Plan B with such a broad issue being our biggest issue. Any thoughts? I know I'm just one of a bajillion bajillion questions you receive, but I thought I'd give it a go anyways. Uh, Hey, man, bajillion questions or not, it's a good one. We're going to answer it. Um, uh, You want to, believe it or not, you want to list all of the things that you're saying no about. Some of them, or maybe at least five or ten of them, because some of them are going to be predictable. And, yeah, you're going to miss the ones that are random and unpredictable, But generally speaking, when parents are saying no a lot, they're saying no to some fairly standard things. I know it doesn't always feel that way, but it usually is that way. And this will be more manageable and easier for you to work on as unsolved problems if you are, um, Susie, I'm going to beat you to the punch here, (laughs) keeping a log for a week of the things you're saying no to. I'm betting that it doesn't vary as much as it may feel like it does from week to week. And then transform those into highly specific unsolved problems. So no, you can't have a snack before dinner is transformed into difficulty um, holding off on the snack before dinner. No, uh, you can't stay outside once it's dark difficulty coming in from outside when it's dark out. Um, So you can't roll with no, because if you roll with no, here's what it's going to sound like in the empathy step. I've noticed that you have difficulty with the word no, what's up. And you have just simultaneously asked about everything you're saying no to. And those are separate unsolved problems, each of which is going to have some different information attached to it. Here's what I will say. One of our expressions here these days is split early. Maybe you can clump later. But if you clump early, you'll never find out. What does that mean? By working on specific unsolved problems, things that you're finding yourself saying no to, expectations your daughter is having difficulty meeting and that you are saying no to, you might find that there's more overlap amongst them than it at first seems. That's hard to predict in the beginning. But if you clump it in the beginning, 
you'll never find out. So you want to split those no's into specific unsolved problems, and that could be a long list, but if we clump it, you're not going to make any headway on them. That's the quick answer to that question. Susie, I wish we could have you weigh in, but we are out of time. Oh, well. Thanks again for doing this, Susie. It's always a pleasure doing this with you. Thank you. Me too. You up for doing it next week? Absolutely. Well, then we'll do it again then. Take care. Okay. Take care.